Hey, it's Mother Funny Time with Andy and Angie. Two cousins, eight kids, one grandkid, two states. And a whole lot of fun. Welcome back, Mother Funny Tribe. I try to say it a little different every time because I don't want it to get too annoying, but (laughs) we're back with Andy and Angie and Angie's sister, Danielle, who is the owner and property manager for Legacy Farms. We're so excited to have her back. And we are continuing our conversation um, on meal planning and event planning. In this episode, we're going to talk more about event planning and hostessing. So thanks for coming back, Danielle. Woohoo! I'm back. And I love hosting and planning parties. So I'm super, super excited to talk about this. Danielle is the hostess with the mostest. Woo-hoo! And I am not. She is. <laughs> so I'm really glad that all the events can be at her house. <laughs> I'm really good at ordering a pizza, <laughs> bringing drinks. Excellent. And having cupcakes. When I have a party, it's the scaled down, super fun, cheap version of her. Everything's homemade, very into details. It's fantastic. We always have a great time at all the Avery parties, which Danielle just threw a huge party that Shiloh was actually at. How she many people a- were there? Yes. I don't know how many people were there. I do know that my husband counted that he parked him like, you know, he told people where to park because when you've got a lot of people, you got to tell them where to park. Um, he counted 90 cars of like people. And those, these were families arriving. And we had the In-N-Out food truck and they said they served 250 cheeseburgers. So, wow, I, I don't know how many people. A lot of people. Yeah. But we had eight Grad high school graduates. So it, it you know when you divide up the cost and all those guests, um, it was great. And we had space at our house and our property to do all that. So as she mentioned in the last episode, Luke just graduated high school. So this was a huge giant graduation party. It was. Danielle lives on a ton of acres. There was a ton of land, ton of space, chairs for everybody, yeah. ice cream. Yeah, it was fun. It was super fun. We had a great time. Yeah, like if we, it's. I saw the pictures, and my daughter went, like Angie said, and it looked amazing. I would say if I had two hundred and fifty people at my house, they'd be all in my neighbor's yard. (laughs) (laughs) In California, we don't have that kind of land where I live, so they would just be in everybody's house across the neighborhood, which would make it cheaper too. Yeah, no, it worked out. It was really fun. It was super fun. We had a lot of, yeah, but I had a great team of moms to help plan, which is uh, uh, having help is a big part of throwing effective power <laughs> parties. So, yeah. Okay. So here's the thing. When I'm throwing a party, when I'm having a bunch of people over, the thing I struggle with most is hosting and also being a guest. Like, you know, you're inviting people you really enjoy usually over, <laughs> Usually, right? Hopefully. And you want to spend time with them and hang with them, but there's so much to do. Like, how do you balance that? So, are you good at balancing that? Well, I feel like that's something I've still been learning, but I, um, so just a couple tricks that I've learned over time is if you can help meet people's like needs basic needs from the beginning and make that very clear, then you're not going to be interrupted and you can be more present with what the party's going on. So things that people want to know is they want to know where to park their car. 
Uh, and other, or you don't have to like go out and find the person who parked in the weird spot that your neighbor is going to yell at you. And so as long as you have like parking clearly defined, you've already taken care of that. Um, people want to know where to go to the bathroom. So have that clearly defined. People want to know where to yes. get water, whether so like having drinks clearly displayed or labeled. Um, and then about 50% of people want ice. So whether you have that out or not, it's kind of 50-50 on that. Um, and people like to know that they where to throw their trash away. And the other thing that's like just a super oh. easy tip is if there's always a dad who feels awkward at the party and like really doesn't want to be there. And so if he has a job, he feels like he's helpful. And so if he can take out the trash and so he'll pull out the trash bag and if there's a, extra trash bags on the bottom, then he will be responsible for the trash. And <laughs> it's super helpful to having extra trash bags and you're not being interrupted with that. Um Oh my goodness, that's first of all, that's brilliant. <laughs> because not only is are you keeping someone entertained, but your trash is getting taken out. I found at this one party kind of by accident, I put a big charcuterie board, like I made a huge charcuterie board and I put it right on our table, like our dining room table. You can see it right when you come in our door. Literally all the men gathered around the charcuterie board, like the entire event. And we have two dads who are known for not wanting to stay at parties usually. Like, they come make an appearance. They usually drive separately from their wives. <laughs> They're like, peace out. They stayed for this charcuterie board. Okay. Big win. Big I'm win. I'm like, okay. Right when you walk in. And it was like the guy's spot. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I thought that was interesting. That's a win. Um. Yeah. So those are kind of like, if you can take care of those, like, basic things, then you're going to be able to have, um, you're going to have, you won't be interrupted over and over again to go and stop and deal with an yeah. issue. So like making sure there's extra, I mean, just so simple, like extra soap in the bathrooms, extra toilet paper in the bathrooms, things like that are, if you can, and that um, stuff that that's great to do, like literally five to seven days before the party, um, having stuff planned before. And so that's what I usually try and do is um, one, don't overcomplicate the menu so that you have to spend all this time prepping so uh, super simple thing. Most people like want to do this beautiful, you know, veggie tray or this beautiful, you know, fruit tray that can get hey, super expensive. I bring the veggie tray. <laughs> no, she brings great veggie trays. She brings great veggie trays. But what do people? They're not she brings it. No, They're she not- cuts up all the veggies herself. She does. She does. She's also very good at that. So proud. that's the tip. Have Angie bring the veggie trays <laughs> well, and the that's, drinks. It's twofold. It's twofold. One, uh, I think what I've learned is that people, like, we want to bring all these vegetables or all this different fruit, and it gets overwhelming. People really just want to eat watermelon, strawberries, and grapes. So just do that. Buy a lot of just those things, and you can prep that, you know, ahead of time, you know, that morning if you're having a gathering. Two, it's being able, when people offer to help, accept their help and find something within their wheelhouse that is acceptable for them, um, that they, like, are able to contribute to. So, like, Ask Angie to bring like pinwheels. Well, she's not going to be like, she's like, what is that? I don't even know what to do with that. You know, <laughs> I'm looking at you like, what's a pinwheel? <laughs> you know, that would not be something that would accommodate her or her time or her situation. But if I say, yeah, can you bring a watermelon and cut it up? She'll knock it out of the park. Everybody wins. Well, in way I think. I kind of hear you saying is not to make it complicated, like sometimes 
we want to make these elaborate parties happen and it can be overwhelming. You know, we see all the things on Pinterest, all the different decorations and where you can cut fruit in a fancy way or vegetables or whatever it is. Like Pinterest is just taking everything up a notch. Like hosting is way more involved now if you're trying to make it look like aesthetically pleasing. But if you keep it simple, you can still have a really great time. So, and it's absolutely true. Pinterest is, you know, love and hate relationship with that. And I think a lot of times people, like they think they have to have this elaborate display. But I've learned people, like they'll eat whatever you provide for them. So if you provide for them 50 different things, well, they're going to eat from 50 different things. But if you provide them three things, they're going to eat three things. You just a lot of something simple. One of our favorite things to do is a nacho bar. And I don't do like extra stuff. I just keep it simple with, you know, the items and I, you know, but you make it fun by getting like the little nacho boats. You would not be surprised how many people come up and say, I love these nacho boats. This is so fun. And, and then everybody like something like nachos, everybody can make it their own way. And they, uh, you know, the person that doesn't want to have all the veggies on it doesn't have to. The person that does want to have extra, you know, jalapenos and all that can make it the way they want to. And they have control and ownership over it. And they really do have fun making it. Um, Something else that we've done that is super easy and cheap is um, root beer floats. Like everybody loves root beer floats, even adults. I we years ago we did for when Kurt graduated from college. I mean, uh, from vet school, we did. Um, I had these like fancy desserts for the adults, and then I had uh, root beer floats for the kids. And I literally had to get rid of like gave away all of the fancy desserts because nobody ate them. Everybody wanted root beer floats. It was a super win. It's super cheap. Everybody loves it. And so finding things like that. Uh, that accommodate a range of, you know, plus if you don't like root beer, then you just eat the ice cream. Everybody likes vanilla ice cream. If you can't have something that's, you know, you can't have dairy, then you just drink the root beer and you still feel a part of what's going on. It's so funny you say that we just had root beer floats for Cole's birthday. <laughs> See? When? And then for all of <laughs> it's a family our birthdays, thing. we're doing the June, well, I guess the summer birthday parties with all the families. And uh, mom was going through what we're going to have for dessert and this, this and that. And I said, same thing. I'm like, just do root beer floats. Everybody likes a root beer float. It's so random, but it's so easy. And guess who's bringing the root beer? Uh, Right here. (laughs) Angie's got drinks. (laughs) She's feeling nice. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I should give a shout out to the fact that in Texas we do uh, Dr. Pepper floats. That's a total Baylor thing. They have Dr. Pepper hour. If you go to Baylor, you get to do be a part of the club. I mean, it's a thing. Do I need to bring Dr. Pepper now <laughs> along with the root beer? Well, it is a preference. I haven't lived in Texas long enough for this. Okay, I was going to ask, what do you do to ensure everyone from introverted guests to extroverted guests enjoys the party? Because you have parties with oh. obviously our whole family, which there can be big parties, but also with friends or other relatives or whatever. But everybody seems to have a fun time at your parties. So how do you get everyone involved or plan those activities where to ensure that everyone's having a fun time? Um. Well, we because we have the space um, now, but we didn't always. Um, we've always tried to, I mean, with family, you're kind of limited with, you know, who you're inviting. It's, you know, you're right. You're inviting your cousins and your aunts and uncles and grandparents. But when you're inviting gatherings of friends, um, 
you want to, yeah, definitely try and make sure that there's similar personalities, but also that those introverted people have at least one person that they can connect to. So you have to be intentional with that. Or if you know that you've got somebody that's introverted that they have like, oh, but they really like baseball. And so we're going to make sure we turn the baseball game on. And so they might be totally content to sit outside and while the kids are playing in the pool, just watching the baseball game um, or football game or something, uh, something of their interest. Or um, like we have, you know, we have space to put up volleyball or um, cornhole. You'd be surprised. Cornhole, everybody loves playing cornhole. And even the little kids can get involved with that. And that's something you can have in your driveway or your neighborhood. Um, and so having activities like that. Um, the other thing, like when we've done, um, well, I've, I've sometimes done like crafts or activities for the younger kids. And those introverted, you know, more specifically dads, or I would say, then they can work with their child and that's not intimidating to them to just sit and do their activity with their child. And so having, again, it just comes to the little bit of thought um, to plan ahead to think like, okay. And one thing that my husband and I do after, really after every gathering we have at our house, we kind of, we do walk through what went well and what did we, you know, what could we have done better? And, um, and he's really good at like having empathy for other people as they come into our home and to think through um you know, just what the event would look like. But really, it comes down to uh, you being comfortable as a host. If you're comfortable, your guests are going to come be comfortable. If you're anxious and flustered and you're flighting around here and there and you're all over the place, then other people are going to sense that. Your kids are going to sense it. Your spouse is going to sense it. And we it just it just creates the tone of the whole gathering. Okay, so then I've definitely been overwhelmed at my own parties. Sometimes it has to do with like the amount of people or whatever, but I can get overwhelmed and I'll just start flitting around. (laughs) (laughs) So how I'll just be like flitting and finding things to do. and, And then I try to look for people who need to talk or whatever. But how do you manage to prepare, cook, and serve an event without feeling overwhelmed? Like, how do you handle all your guests without doing all that, without flitting around (laughs) (laughs) and feeling like you have to put out fires? Right. Well, I mean, when you're hosting, you're never going to be able to be 100% present as uh, unless you've, I mean, even when you've hired it out, like we did Luke's graduation party and we, I didn't have to cook any of the food and I was still you know, all over the place, you know, taking care of things and then also taking time to connect with people. Um, But it comes down to preparing ahead of time. Like if I have, you know, if I have, I'm only going to put out, you know, so much of the fruit, but I have it all in the fridge right there. Having as much close by, um, like for Luke's graduation party, we had um, ice, well, we had custard from Culver's uh, to do ice cream sundaes. But if we put out all 150 ice creams that we had ordered, then it would have they would have started melting and that would have caused stress and crisis in that moment and obviously a waste of money. But um, having other people to help you like uh, so Kurt's um, his cousin kind of took it on as a, their little responsibility to to manage that. And so asking for help, even of other like your close friends or your spouse or your kids, you say, OK, I'm going to if you notice this or that, let me know. Or can you just handle it? If you notice that, you know, somebody is, you know, we're a little concerned because this person coming over for the first time. They've never been here before. Um, Let me know so you can be intentional. But I mean, you have a team of people, your family, you know, we all have 
if you have, you know, even just a spouse to help you manage it, you don't have to take on the weight of the world for yourself. And also understand that what you might think is a huge thing that, you know, something spilled and now you're distracted by it and you missed out on, you know, if you're watching the Super Bowl, the miss, the big touchdown because you were cleaning up. The fact that somebody else was in your home and wanted to be there and felt blessed by the fact that you cared for them actually shows them love. And and so I guess it comes down to something I always think through, too, is what is my motivation for having this gathering? If I'm if my motivation mm-hmm. is to show off and to like say, prove that I'm the best hostess in the whole universe, then I'm going to be <laughs> I'm going to be disappointed in the end because I won't have accomplished my goal. And so if my motivation is mm. to welcome people into my home for them to feel loved, to them to feel like they had opportunity to connect with other people, then it's a win. And I don't, you know, for years, my husband used to tease me, well, you know, why are you doing all this or that? And really, for me, it is it is a gifting. I mean, I, I do believe that uh, this is something I I, ha- I have learned how to do as well, but it's just something I really, really enjoy doing. So it's not, it doesn't start by being overwhelming, but I also start planning months in advance as much as I can. And our kids, we've always said, you know, the answer is always yes to having people, you know, being welcomed into our home. We've just made that. We That's just a, a um, I don't know, a precedent we've set with them. And so we, and we've tried to model that for our kids. And so like, Yesterday, Kate got home after being out for a while, and she's like, I didn't know we were having a party. And we're like, well, we didn't know we were having a party. It just kind of unfolded throughout the day. And (laughs) next thing you know, we were at Costco buying pizza. Like, I didn't have to spend a lot of money to buy expensive food. We just ordered Costco pizza. They're $10. They serve a ton of people. Nobody complains about that. And then um, cake box cookies. If you don't make cake box cookies, you need to. They are literally four ingredients. Everybody loves them. I had all these kids coming up to me going, those are the best cookies. It literally, it is a box of cake mix, two eggs and oil. And you are like the champion by, you know, and that's a win. That's amazing. Such great tips. So planning ahead. So... Planning ahead as much as you can, keeping it simple. Everybody does love Costco pizza, <laughs> right? Okay, my Costco, yeah, it's amazing, and it's ten bucks, and the price doesn't change, which I greatly appreciate. It has not gone up. They only sell. No, thank you, Costco. If you would like to sponsor us, you can reach us at Mother Funny Podcast. <laughs> yes. We are open, open to your sponsorship. Anyway. They only sell pepperoni and cheese now. At I know, but Sam's actually does have what the happened? yeah. Sam's has the uh, combo pizza now, the veggie. Yeah. Okay, so Sam's, if you'd like to sponsor <laughs> us, we are also yeah. You guys can have a bidding war. It's fine. Yeah, we'll take. <laughs> no, I but I think people tend to overwhelm, feel overwhelmed with the idea of what it should look like. And again, when you're looking at Pinterest and you're looking at social media of somebody else's party, like I literally saw pictures of somebody else's party. And I'm like, I was at that party. And that on social media looks like a way better party than it actually was. (laughs) (laughs) And not that it was a bad gathering. I'm just saying that it was like 10x on social media than the awkward stand around graduation party that it was, but the the balloon arch was fabulous and the girl was adorable. You know, what I mean, like all of that looked beautiful, but uh, social media really, you know, made it the most fabulous event. And it was just like, you know, just a normal, 
you know, it wasn't that it was bad. It's just that it wasn't it wasn't what it looked like on social media. That's all I'm saying. Okay, so I take that as a tip. So all we have to do is like stage a really gorgeous setting. Yes. <laughs> and even take like stock photos of like beautiful food. <laughs> and then just serve Costco pizza. <laughs> yes. So it's all about the image. Yes. Again, it goes back to what is your motivation? Like, what do you, you know, <laughs> do you want it to be a Pinterest worthy event, you know, that everybody will be posting about? I mean, and we did this. Oh, it was so cute. We did um, a brunch for Emma and one of her friends' um, 16th birthday. And uh, it became that every, just about every person they knew got invited. And uh, so these two girls invited 75 young ladies to come to this brunch. And, oh, my goodness. <laughs> and about 65 of them showed up. You know, normally it's, you know, kind of think about two thirds show up. We had about, we were close, to, pretty close to that 75 invite. And, um, and we had the, the cutest little balloon arch. And I mean, the food was great. And it was, it was a fabulous time. We had a ton of fun. But the pictures that the girls posted forever on social media, it was like, wow, I want to go to this event. What was this? This was looked like a really <laughs> fabulous place. And I'm like, it was just, you know, literally we served donut holes <laughs> and cookies. I mean, it was so simple. Um, and But we had a fabulous balloon arch and, you know, photo setting. So, so it's about the balloon arch. It's all about the balloon yeah. arch. Um, but and also, but something I do want to share is so this is kind of a funny story, but kind of how we initially got into, I don't know, hosting family events way back uh, when husband and I had only been married um, a year. And we and this is I think people get overwhelmed, like, oh, my house is too small. I don't have enough. It's going to be too expensive. And you think of all these reasons to talk yourself out of hosting. But hospitality comes down to just giving what you have, whatever, you know, you have a small house. You know what? You can actually have a a, a Christmas because I did. We lived in this tiny little uh, townhouse and my husband is the youngest of uh, four kids with his dad. And uh, it became clear that we were not having um, an a Avery family Christmas. And we said, well, we'll just host it at our house, you know, thinking like nobody was really going to come because it sounded like the reason it wasn't being hosted was that because people were not available. So we said that we would host it thinking maybe, you know, a few people would show up. And that tiny little condo, we had about 25 people. And even to the point where we were not planning on this of, you know, hosting. So we had bought this huge tree for our second Christmas together. The tree was so massive. We didn't have enough ornaments for it or anything to decorate with it. But we had put the only place we could put it in was in front of the door. That was the only place that the tree would fit was in front of the door. And if we were in front of the front door. Yeah, but we would park in the garage. So we would come in and out of the garage. So it was fine. So we, well, that was way before we had decided to host 25 people in our house. So we had no way to get the people in the house <laughs> and so we had this little side door so we're like trying to tell people okay when you come in you got to sneak in the side door of this little condo we had no place to sit all these people we literally ate food in our laps um and and on the stairs but all of his family talked for years about how that was one of their favorite Christmases because we had nowhere else to go. We had to sit together. We had to interact together. Everybody was Aww. seated together. And we had a really great time. And we just offered 
what we had, which was space. And again, nobody else offered. You know, there were lots of other family members with much bigger houses that could have hosted. Um, but we kept it, you know, we made, that was my first time making a turkey and my first time, you know, making. But they, I, they his family gave me so much grace because it was my first time. Nobody sat mm. there and said, well, she didn't do this or she didn't do that. I mean, the potatoes were cold. I didn't know. I, I learned later how to keep mashed potatoes warm until the end, you know. You, and so. Wait, wait. Tell us. How do you keep mashed yeah, wait, potatoes warm? Let's talk warm? about that. <laughs> so after I totally served very cold potatoes, which are not good <laughs> to all of my husband's family, um, I I asked my grandma Hadfield, because uh, she always served mashed potatoes. I said, how do you keep them? Because the next day, that was Christmas. Christmas Eve. My husband's family always does stuff on Christmas Eve. The next day was Christmas Day. And so we went down to visit grandma and she was like, I heard that you hosted for the first time. I'm so proud of you. And I was like, yeah, but grandma, the potatoes were cold. I screwed it up. And and she said, I said, what do you do? And she said, she cooks the potatoes and she keeps them like, you know, boiled them and keeps them hot. And then right before you're about to serve the meal, then you mash them up because they're still warm because, you know, you they they get they're boiled. Then you put in the, you know, whatever you're going to. I personally do butter, um, cream or milk, depending on what I have, you know, salt, pepper and um, garlic. And I like really salty things. So I put in a lot of salt because you really need salt for potatoes. So um you do. So, uh, but yeah, so you do it right before, like, if you know you're about to eat in about five minutes, that's when you mash up all your potatoes. You don't do it before. So you learned two okay. tips during that first Christmas. One, make sure your tree is not in front of your front door. Because <laughs> you never know. You never know when you might be hosting Christmas. <laughs> and it also- keeps solicitors away. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't open the door. I can't get to you. <laughs> Spectrum is always at my front door. If I had a Christmas tree there, I'd be like, sorry. <laughs> but Spectrum, if you want to sponsor us, we're totally open. We'll talk about it. <laughs> Reach yes. out to us. Yes. <laughs> okay, do you have a story of a time when a child was just so excited at one of your parties or when you saw a kid's eyes light up and just with the surprise or the excitement or this moment of, oh my goodness, like that child is having so much fun at this party that you planned. Well, okay. So this last Christmas um, that we had at our house, my um, Kurt's little brother, Jake, invited um, his girlfriend and she has two kids to come. And we had never met these kids before. And, um, and they kind of have, you know, a little bit of a rough um, upbringing. And, and so they were coming to our house and Jake said he wasn't going to tell them anything about what to expect at our house for Christmas. Um, he just wanted to blow their minds with fun Christmas memories. And um, and it was just so cute to see their little faces be so excited that that we were able to give them gifts and we act out the nativity play. And uh, I told the little boy, I said, we're going to act out the nativity play and everybody's going to have a part. And but, you know, I didn't want to overwhelm them. So I said, you didn't have to be a part of it. And he said, "Um, well, I want to be Santa. And I said, well, Santa's not actually in this play. And he looked at me kind of puzzled. (laughs) And I said, this is a story about Jesus. And he was like, Okay. And I said, well, your sister's going to be a little shepherd. And he's like, okay, I'll do that with her then. And so, and uh, when he left, he said he was glad that he came and glad that he was able to be a shepherd in the play. And then his little sister came over um, this last time 
to our house uh, for uh, we had a little, you know, some people over, family over, and uh, and she told me that uh, th- that was the best s'more she'd ever had in her whole life, and that Aww. and because uh, we were cooking out s'mores, and and what it was so sweet about those two because those kids they weren't. Like, I think my kids expect awesome parties, you know, like they expect not awesome parties, but like they expect, you know. Oh, they're awesome. <laughs> they're awesome. They're fun. They're awesome. I think they're fun. I hope they're fun. I hope other people come. But just that those kids didn't, they don't know what to expect. And they they really did a good, like they enjoyed the moment. And so that to me, you know, makes it worth it. And again, I, my, my motivation is always that people would come. And because our property, you know, we just really feel blessed by what we've been given. You know, going back to having, you know, Christmas in our tiny little condo we, we used what we had use what you have and we really have been blessed with a beautiful property that that accommodates you know large gatherings and so just being able to um, for people to come and to sit on the porch and have a cup of coffee or sit on the you know by the pool or you know just to be able to enjoy and have like a moment of rest or peace that is always you know, my favorite thing to just to see. I mean, every time my dad walks in, he got, grabs a cup of coffee and, you know, and goes and sits down. <laughs> I think I do too. Outside, yeah. You know, like I have a little Keurig available. I, I, I don't brew coffee because I'm not very good at it, but I have Keurig. So again, I offer what I can. I don't, I don't expect myself to do things I don't do well. If someone else wants to make coffee, like awesome. I will drink someone else's coffee that they make at my house. But I don't expect that of myself because I don't do it well. So I just try and focus on the things that that I know I can accommodate well. Um, You're good at. Yeah. Okay, so I'm already feeling equipped <laughs> in formation because I have a party coming up this week. Um, so I got some really good tips. So we're almost out of time, but I have one more question. What would you say is your most important tip for hosting? Of all these great tips, what is the most important to you? Well, and it's, this is going to be kind of a weird answer. I think, um, it's not, hosting is also, and hospitality is not just about being a good host, but it's also about being a good guest when you go to other people's houses. And so, um, and I was talking to my kids, you know, recently about this and, and we all laugh about this, this funny story that happened when we were, um, we were traveling overseas on a missions trip and we, um, (laughs) we were, uh, we had just done a feeding in, in this, like this kind of this mountain region and the, but at this school and we had given out, you know, rice and beans for these families to have that literally these families have nothing. The kids walk truly a mile uphill both ways because it's kind of like this mountain valley region and uh and these ladies had brought food they had walked over a mile here we had given them food and these ladies had brought food for our family and for this team that we had paired up with and so we go into this little room to (laughs) to eat the food that they had been preparing and um the uh, the team of people that we were with or about 15 of them decided they did not want to eat the food because they did not like the food. They didn't recognize the food. They felt uncomfortable. They didn't know how it was prepared. And so we went through the line. My my husband and and our four kids went through the line. (laughs) 
And then we're eating and we realize we are the only people in this room eating because the ladies that had made the food were just standing there because they were serving us. And now there's this beautiful table, this display of all this food and nobody is eating it. And so Kurt looks at me and I look at the kids and we're sending them telepathic messages like eat your food fast and go back for seconds. So we went and we (laughs) we had all of our kids. They literally still talk to this day about how much food we made them eat that day. <laughs> and then oh it was terrible because then after that we left and we were supposed to go do something else and it was like oh we have to stop at this restaurant and we're like we just like we are literally rolling we have eaten so much food and like well the people are hungry because they didn't eat the food <gasps> and we were like oh it was it was like this crazy display so we've oh this i mean we still truly do joke about that day and how you know we need to eat the food so whenever you're so I, I, all that to say is that being a good host, but it's also important to be a good guest at other people's house and be respectful of kind of what are their house rules, what are their expectations. Um, and I think that's something easy that we could teach our kids, like even if it looks different. I mean, obviously, there's dietary concerns, but those are not the chips your family eats. <laughs> Hospitality, like I said, is about being a good host, but it's also about being a good guest and being respectful of the people that are there. Um, and then, oh, oh, yeah, it goes back to kind of the um, uh, house rules. So when you, you know, like your house rules at your house might be that you get to jump on the trampoline with your shoes on. But maybe someone else's house rules might be that they don't jump, you know, jump on the trampoline with shoes. And so being respectful of other people's family rules that might be different from yours, um, even though that is, you know, like, obviously, if it's a moral issue, we're going to don't compromise on that. But for most of those things, it just seems like we, we develop a conflict. And so as a guest and as a host, you can also like come in and ask from the beginning, how many people jump on the trampoline? Are we allowed to walk in the house with shoes on? Things like that. If it's not clearly defined as a, as a guest and a host, you can, um, you know, just be respectful of that. Well, that's excellent. It's a great reminder um, be an excellent guest. And I feel like even being an excellent guest could be finding those people who seem introverted or like they need someone to talk to and chatting with them. I've had people, I've had people do that with me and I've gotten to do that with others. And I think it makes a a big difference for how much fun that person is having at the party. I know I've been to parties. We were just at one this week where we didn't know anybody but the host. Like, my husband and I and our two girls went and we knew their kids, but we sat down and it was a big community of people who all knew each other. It was like a big church community. So we sat down and we just didn't really have many people to talk to. So we were talking to each other. And my friend who was hosting it, her and her husband took turns sitting with us and talking with us, <laughs> which they didn't make a big deal about, but it was just so sweet. Okay, yeah. they were hostessing, so they weren't guests. But it would have been cool too if a guest you know, came, not that people were standoffish. It was just that people, everybody knew each other. Yeah. You know, so it was a little different, but, and we could have been more outgoing ourselves. Um, but it was just, it's just really nice to have somebody who comes and sits and talks with you. So. Well, and people never know, like, beautiful. what, what, what should I ask that person? You know, like if I don't know somebody, what should I ask them? But people like talking about themselves. So, 
you <laughs> if you start asking them <laughs> questions about themselves, like they tend to <laughs> they tend to share. I mean, not invasively, but like I mean, I mean to be honest, we're all very selfish and well, sometimes <laughs> <laughs> we don't mind sharing things that we know about. But I have to say, because I I try to ask people a lot of questions, keep them talking, or <laughs> and there's times where I'm just interviewing somebody because there are those people who don't yes. answer back very yes. much. And I'm like, what else can I ask you? And then I ask them something dumb. <laughs> like, What's your favorite color? Because I'm like, I don't know what else to ask you. I'm out. And maybe I've at that point, I just you. need to move on. I just be like, I got to go to the bathroom. I don't know. <laughs> yes. Okay, real fast. Um, I have to say this. When we were looking for a house in Texas and I was with the realtor, it was just Brooklyn, myself and the realtor in the car. And there was a flash flood. So we couldn't go anywhere. So we're literally sitting in this car parked. It was safe because we're in a neighborhood and we can't go anywhere. And so she was asking me questions and I'm trying to ask her questions. And we met that one, that day. So we're just trying to get to know each other. And I don't know if maybe she'd gone to the last question she had, but she was like, tell me about Thanksgiving at your house. <laughs> something everybody can talk about that's a good question it was the best question opener because then I shared about my Thanksgiving and memories from back when I was a kid and our Thanksgivings and then I was asking her about her Thanksgivings and it was just such a fun (laughs) conversation to have with essentially a complete stranger and we got through the storm and then we continued See, so that's you know we need to have an interview, uh, not an interview, an episode about having conversations, how to have conversations with strangers. I think I would get really good stories from you guys. I obviously am a little awkward. I mentioned bug bites, so I need like <laughs> some good tips and trips, Gross. trips, tips and tricks. <laughs> Who knows what's going to come out of my mouth? Random things come out of my mouth. But well, anyway, thanks, Danielle. Thanks for sharing with thanks us for having again. Me. And we definitely want to have you back again on another episode. There's you're just a wealth of information. <laughs> and I also want to give another shout out to Legacy Farms. Um, if you guys are looking for a rental this summer for somewhere to stay, or even in the fall or the spring, maybe Thanksgiving. So maybe you need a Thanksgiving story and so you need a house rental for your Thanksgiving family or you need to host an event. I know that legacy farm homes have even been used for hosting weddings and um, all kinds of fun parties. So you'll definitely want to check that out. What's the website again, Danielle? Um, It's best just to find us on Facebook, Legacy Farms and Getaways. And then that's the easiest way. We're listed on Verbo, the three houses on Verbo. But the easiest way is to find us on Facebook. And then uh, from there, you can find the links in the Facebook information. Awesome. And if you have any other questions, you can reach out to us on our Instagram or Facebook, motherfunnypodcast.com. I don't know why I said it like that. No, not motherfunnypodcast.com, just motherfunnypodcast on those social medias. Though we do have a website. I don't know what we use it for, but it's there. <laughs> I guess you can you, <laughs> you can download our our um podcast there. So if you want to share us, you can share our website. It has links to both. <laughs> Apple and Android or whatever, however technology works. But yes, definitely like, share, tell a friend, leave a review. All right, that's all we have time for today. We got to wrap it up, unfortunately. 
But just remember, you might think you're doing just okay, but we think you're doing really great. Thanks for hanging out with us today. We hope you have a great mother funny day. Please like and share our podcast. But please don't tell our moms.